So I thought this, um, this today, we'd just look at some how-tos. Um, being filled with the Spirit changes us. It, our life is different. If we weren't filled with the Spirit, we'd just be the same as we were before. So I thought it was just important that we realize it's by the Spirit that we are able to glorify Jesus. It's by the Spirit that our heart is filled with worship, like it was this morning. It's by the Spirit that we are thankful in any situation, whatever the situation was, as Angela was sharing there. It looked like dire straits, but again, focused on the Lord and thankful. That's the Spirit. And it's the, by the Spirit that we are truly able to forgive and forget. It's one thing to forgive, but then remind the person about it a month later, or even a year later. That's not forgiveness. It's forgetting it, and the Spirit helps us do that. So from the very first moment that we asked Jesus into our life, the Holy Spirit came into our hearts. If we look at the scripture here from Titus, yeah, some of you probably don't even know where Titus is, but it's a great scripture. It says he saved us not because of the righteousness, but the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins. Should be a scream there. Shouldn't anybody say hallelujah? Hallelujah! <laughs> Thanks, Mark. He washed away our sins. Oh dear. I'll try this side. He washed away our sins. You don't realize how important that is because you don't get into heaven if he hadn't. You don't get anything unless he washes away your sin. Giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. If we could just capture that scripture, if we could just capture that into our heart, it would change our lives. Because of His grace, He declared us righteous and gave us confidence that we'll inherit and inherit eternal life. That is good news. That is the good news. That is the good news that we need to share with others. And from then on, God wants to continually fill us with the Holy Spirit, as he says in Ephesians. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I know that we don't all speak to each other in psalms and hymns and songs. I know some things that come out of our mouths aren't very edifying. But as we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, that changes. Now, filled there actually means continuous. It's not just once you go to the, the tap, you fill up, and that's it. It's a continuous filling. And Paul leaves us in no doubt 
It is the Father's will that we be continually filled with the Spirit. Someone once said, you remain fresh as a flower in the morning sun. He continues to give you life and the blossoms never seem to fade. Does anybody say that about their spouse or the people they know? Praise God who said yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's where we want to get to. Where the Christians around us, the people around us, you know, they, they remain fresh as a flower. And the same with us. And our blot of blossoms never fade. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been talking a lot about the greater dependence on the Holy Spirit. And less of human effort. And I'm going to be bringing it up more and more about this church being able to function 85% of what we do without God. And that's terrible. I hope that's not of our church. Whereas in the New Testament church, if the Holy Spirit left, 85% of the church would not function. Because trying to live the Christian life without God, without the Holy Spirit, is absolutely exhausting. As some can testify to that this morning. Trying to just live it without God is exhausting. And then when we look over the fence and see what the tremendous needs and the brokenness and the pain and the sickness and the addictions and the mental health problems out there, and we as a church need to be part of that, it's just too much. So this is why I'm saying we need the Holy Spirit. We can't function without it. So we need to pursue the Holy Spirit. Pastor Tark says, relentless pursuit. He says, we will not back off. And I like that stand. So I'm going to put a question. If we were able to plug ourselves in to a spiritual charger, what percent of spiritual charge would you show? We just put up that slide there. If you can just get the picture of it. Which, which colour are you? If, you? if you were plugged into a spiritual charger, where would you feel you were this morning? The red, you know, when your phone's getting down the red, you know you've got to charge it. You've got to take action. But God has created us with a phenomenal capacity to develop our spirit in a fantastic way. He's given us the ability to be fully charged every day. But we've got to be charged and we've got to stick our charging cord into the right source, which of course is God and the Holy Spirit. And the reason is we've got to be charged every day is because we leak. We actually drain charge. Life can drain us. People can drain us. We can drain ourselves. So we need to be charged fully. So I'm just going to uh, run through some how-tos. Uh, you know, how-tos to be topped up. We know we can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We know with the laying on of hands, we can have the Holy Spirit come in our lives in a powerful way. But this is day-to-day -day stuff. This is saying, how can I be topped up and stay topped up? Let's have a look at a couple of how-tos. So the first one I've got up there is empty self. And it can have several meanings in the English language if you're thinking about empty self, but we've got to be an empty vessel, in a sense, to be topped up. To have God come into our life, we've got to be empty of stuff. If we have too many things going on that fill up our life, uh, then the Holy Spirit only becomes an add-on. 
He's just an adult. Oh, yes, it would be good to have the Holy Spirit in the rest of my life. But that's not really going to work. Because our priorities colour our thinking and colour our responses. We can quickly say, not me, not me, sorry, not me. Well, I don't have the ability. Well, sorry, I'm busy. Or even worse, we can actually be critical of those who are moving in the Spirit. And I'll just give you a couple of examples of that just with the disciples, let alone the Pharisees. Remember when uh, the woman was pouring expensive perfume onto Jesus' head? It was the disciples that were critical of that. So here's this woman moving in the Spirit. And we knew, know that she was anointing Jesus for what was going to happen. And then the disciples were so critical. And they said that um, that money could, you know, they could have been sold and that money given to the poor. But again, if we look at uh, when Jesus said to the disciples, hey, um, you feed those 5,000 there. They go, what? They would take half a, half a year's wages. Again, moving in the flesh. The Spirit was moving at that time. And of course, they saw a miracle. So we've got to be careful that if we're not filled with the Spirit, we actually become critical of people who actually are moving in the Spirit. We need to be rather saying, Lord, are you opening a door here for me? Is this, is this an opportunity for me? How can, we, how can we, Lord, how can we achieve this together? We could say it's not a matter of us getting more of the Holy Spirit, actually, but rather the Holy Spirit, Spirit getting more of us and allowing Him to do that. Remember what Jesus said in Revelation to the church's Ephesus. He said, you have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. That's our first love. So let's do a self-check. What would Jesus say about your daily activities? All right? What about your screen time? What about your internet time? What about the games that you're playing? And this is, this is, a, this is the flesh wanting to be satisfied. There's something in you that wants to be satisfied and that's how you spend your time. That's how you spend your activity. Some people, and we've seen on the news, all those people that are filling the malls at the moment. They were just so excited that another big mall was open. One lady said she'd spent $1,500, I think, already. Another has spent five hours looking for a pair of shoes. It's on national TV. How many hours are you spending in front of the TV? How many hours are you playing in video games while the rest of the world's going to hell? I just want to make that comparison. While you're in your room and the windows are shut, the doors are shut, and you're having a good time, the rest of the world's going to hell. Just put that in perspective and say, yep, I've got my priorities right. This game is addictive. I love it. I used to play Age of Empires way many years ago. I know how addictive these things are. My kids played it. They used to verse me. I didn't do very well at it. I was building all my empires and they were getting in the back and before I knew it, everything was burning. All right? I know it's addictive. <laughs> But the thing is, 
that the God hasn't called us to do that. That's not why we're here. The rest of the world's burning. And there's so much creativity in here that if we partner with God and say, is this an opportunity for me to be reaching the lost? Have you given me these brains? Have you given me these legs? Have you given me these arms? Have you given me this payback so that I can spend it on myself? I don't think so. So that leads me into the next how-to, hunger. We're a fasting church, and I'll come to that. But after fasting, you're hungry. Is anybody ever hungry for God, if you really think about it? Are you ever hungry for more of God? Or is it just something you do? It's time to go to church. It's time to read my Bible. Is anybody actually hungry for God? Do we really only want the gift? Do we only really want the answer to prayers? Or do we want the giver? Do we want him? That's my most, that's my, you know, Huck says, pray for breakthrough, personal breakthrough, go for breakthrough, and you've probably got some really solid breakthroughs, but my first prayer is a greater relationship with him. That's got to be the, the greatest prayer. And wanting him is the key, actually, to answered prayer. If you say your prayers aren't being answered, well, let's look at these three scriptures. It says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Then it says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. There's a priority here, isn't there? And then this lovely verse in Psalm 37, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. How about that? Who comes first in our prayer? God. And he loves you. If you're a parent, your kids aren't saying, Mum, I need new school shoes, or I need this and I need that. You just know what they need. And you supply their needs. Because you love them and you care for them. And God delights in you, but he delights in the time that you spend with him. So spiritual hunger is always a prerequisite to receiving the kingdom of God. It's a prerequisite. Which leads into another area. Because I don't want to dwell on these all these things. I, I feel I'm hard to take. But I'm doing it to myself. I preach to myself. So serving is another thing. So when we look at the first thing is we've got to be emptied. Secondly, we need to be hungry. And then thirdly, we're going to look at serving. And if you think of the Sea of Galilee, and I'm just going to put the picture up there, if you just a little geography exercise there. The Sea of Galilee is up there, and then you've got the Jordan River that comes down, and then you've got the Dead Sea. All right, that's just how it is. And of course, the, the uh, Sea of Galilee is uh, nutritious, there's, there's life, there's fish in there, there's shellfish in there. And uh, then the Jordan River, which again is flourishes, and the banks on either side, and then you've got the Dead Sea. So it all runs into there, but the Dead Sea, of course, has no river running out of it. 
And then so it just gathers in there, and there's no life in there. You see people who have photos of their, they're floating in there, they can read magazines, you float. There's a lot of minerals in there, but there's no life in there. So which sea would you like to be? Alright, you'd like to be the, the Sea of Galilee, where there's life, or the Dead Sea? And we become the Dead Sea because we receive a good message, or we go on the internet and receive stuff, we receive it and we receive it, we become fatter and fatter, but nothing actually flows out of us. We're not sharing it with anybody else. And not necessarily the gospel, just comfort. <coughs> you know, who came into church this morning with a burden? Now, I'm not going to ask those people to put their hands up, but other people in the church can say, I know, I know, I know. I saw that person come in, they were looking a bit down, I saw that, I did that. Because in the fellowship break, you would have gleaned some information about your brothers and sisters, so that you can pour out. You can say a kind word. You say, look, can I catch up with you at the morning tea time? Why don't you come to my group this week? It can tend to be just, how's the fishing? How's the weather? You know, I've mentioned before, and I've just I dug it out, but the bush survivor, this is a farmer in Australia, who was totally depressed, very, very depressed, ended up in hospital because of the depression. A cop case. If anybody came to the door, he'd hide in the wardrobe. All right? All that they had to drought for so long, all his cattle had gone, there was no feed, couldn't pay his bills. And one day a psychiatrist was talking to him and the psychiatrist just suggested that he go and find somebody that was worse off than himself. And he thought at the time, it's a funny thing to say, I can't think of anybody who's worse off than me. And he said, how am I going to find that? He said, you'll find them, off you go. Well, he went to a charity and started find, trying to find people that were worse off themselves. Realised there were a lot of people worse off than him. And he actually started the charity Aussie Helper. And now they distribute tons of, of feed, all sorts of things, to the outback farmers. No questions asked, no forms to be filled in. It's, you know, Serving can be in many ways. But that flow allows the Holy Spirit to come in because we've got an outflow. If we don't have an outflow, we become like the Dead Sea. And the Holy Spirit's not going to do us much good because He can't work. He can't flow. There's no point in filling us. We can ask and ask, but if there's no outflow, there's no serving. You know, every department in this campus should be full. People should, Pastor, can I do something? No, I'm sorry, we're full. Can I do something? No, we're full. But it's like, oh, come on, guys. We need some more people here. We need some more people there. We need some more people there. Oh, I'm busy. Sorry, I'm busy. I'm being dramatic. But that's the trouble with the church. 20% through 80% of the work. And a lovely lady said to me this morning, look, I'll fill in for somebody, I'll, I'll do more. 
I mean, it's Rio, I love that. She's my friend for life. <laughs> it was great yesterday just to see the young people and Lincoln in a tie, actually. But it was great to see Paris and Ashley and Nadine and uh, Penny and Lincoln, you know, doing the music for Wayne. It's serving. It's giving up your Saturday to come to a funeral. They're about the youngest people there. But it was lovely to have you there. Thank you very much. You're a blessing. The measure that we use is measured back to us. Serving is an opportunity to grow in many areas, including our faith. The more we allow God's love to flow through us, the more we receive of Him. So we empty ourselves, we're hungry, and then we serve. These are things we can do every day, every week. We can serve somebody. One of my favorite verses is, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will themselves be refreshed. Whoever, well, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's a law. That is a, the law like the law of gravity. You know the law of gravity? You know what's going to happen when I drop this pen? The law of gravity is going to take over. Doesn't matter whether I'm in New York, I'm going to Taipei, wherever. The law, the law of gravity means if this was being held by a non-Christian, the law of gravity would still apply. But God's laws apply whether we're Christians or not. But the law says whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. We can't get around that. God's not going to say, no, you don't qualify. Well, you do. You don't. You qualify by being generous. And thank you, Sandra, for your message uh, about uh, us giving and being generous. It's important. Jesus says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, by being this, we just become his witnesses. Serving, refreshing others, blessing others, opens the door to refreshing and refilling of the Holy Spirit. That's his character. And so we see it's his character in us. And then at the number four, I want to just say repentance. Now repentance is, you know, in the Old Testament, God told his people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So there's a repentance where we need to do our part and then God does his part. And repentance is turning 180 degrees away from something. Something that we just don't feel is right. And it's something that we should be considering ourselves all the time. Is there something, Lord, that you don't like? Is there something that I'm doing or saying that you just don't like? It could be a blockage to the Holy Spirit moving in that direction. You know, in the New Testament, John the Baptist and later Jesus declared, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Peter told those gathered um, at Pentecost, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
So you see there's a correlation between repentance and receiving the Holy Spirit. So if we're not repentant, there's a blockage there. Turning away from those things that so easily entangle us with a contrite, which is a remorseful spirit, opens the door to a forgiving, loving, healing God to come in. And then I want to pop on to number five, singing and making melody. Singing and making melody in your heart. Music and worship is another powerful way to be topped up with the Holy Spirit. And you know that our music and our worship on Sunday morning, it just is over so quickly. If you just want to be topped up and come just on a Sunday morning, you get a, a topping. But if you want to be topped up, you need to be doing that each day. Now anybody can tell you that I can't sing in tune. I, I can't hold a tune. I can't believe that I was in the, the church choir when I was a teenager. Maybe they just needed numbers. But I actually listened to myself one day and that was it. I thought I could sing. I taped myself. I thought I was doing really well. Then I played it back. Ghastly. Absolutely ghastly. Yeah, I know God loves it. I was reminded of that when I went into a men's meeting. They were all singing. It sounded absolutely terrible. But I knew God. I knew God was hearing their hearts. I would have been worried if it was the worship team. <laughs> but I often have Christian music playing in my house. And the, if I mentioned the artist, you'd go and think, who's that? But he says what I want to say. And as he goes from one song to another through his CDs, often it's just what I want to say during the day. And I can sing and tune in my head. How about that? <laughs> And I could wake in the morning with a tune in my heart, and that is the Holy Spirit. It's not what you went to bed with. You weren't thinking of that when you went to bed, but God wakes you with a melody in your heart. And Psalm 63 says, My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will please you. You know? We can please God. And it opens the door for the Holy Spirit to come in. In Chronicles we read, The trumpeters and singers joined in unison as with one voice to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments, they raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Then what happened? What happened? Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud, as Steve said. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple. That's what I want. I hunger for that. I know these guys at the front are doing it. It was great to see the old fellas at the back, eh? Really stomping it out. Frank, you wouldn't look at me, but I was smiling at you. I know you wouldn't look at me. And Norrie was going there too, man. And the young people as well, but you know, in the back. 
But this isn't where the anointing just is. I'm waiting for it to come like a freight train from the back. It is. Because everybody else here is hungry for it. Not just in the first couple of rows. That people come to church because they're hungry for the presence of God. So then, Tiahu is filled with the cloud. And there's another benefit. It says the priest wasn't able to do that. The priest was able to complete their service. You could get out of the preaching. <laughs> How about that? Well, there's an incentive, isn't there? The hunger for the God in their worship. Sorry, Pastor Tyke, I couldn't get up. I couldn't get out of my seat. Because the presence of God was so powerful. That'll make a change. That'll change my life. But you've got to be hungry for it. You've got to want it. You've got to want to worship the living God. When God turns up like this, change happens. Not only in church, but when we go out, we'll be changed. We'll go out with a spring in our step. Oh, I had a nice chat to Wayne, or I had a nice chat to Paul. Yes, I caught up with such and such. I had a couple of hugs. But we, that's not, there's more to it than that. I didn't let Margaret off with just a little hug this morning. Been waiting for weeks for that, Margaret. She'd been waiting to hug everybody too. But there's more to it than that, isn't there? We have the power of God in us because we've been filled. We're continually filled all week. We come and we, we just explode. We, we overflow, we leak on Sunday morning. It's all over the floor. Hallelujah. And then people will be all over the floor. But Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, too. Yeah. In the name of Jesus. King David says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, and give thanks to him and praise his name. So whether you're having a good day or bad day, praise God and find something to be thankful for. And as I, just as I close, prayer and fasting is not an ugly word. This campus probably wouldn't be here without prayer and fasting. Because we go right back. Church Unlimited has been prayer and fasting has been a key. Now that's not diminishing the power of God, but you hear things in prayer, you have breakthrough in fasting. So breakthroughs were done 30 odd years ago. And continually fasting every week, every week we fast, every week. Now there are some times off, Sally and I have had a bit of a break, we feel we're on a holiday, we don't have to fast, but we've been fasting for 30 years. That's why I'm so slow. <laughs> fasting and prayer builds strong Christians and keeps us humble in a sense and close to God and I want to encourage it it's important I'm going to jump to slide 20 there and as we come to the conclusion there 
Are we full of stuff? And we've lost sight that there's a lost world that needs us. The inventiveness of the young people to invent drones, to invent all sorts of things. We need that inventiveness to reach the lost. Start up a charity. Hunger. Hunger for God. Are you serving? Are you serving? Are you serving? Here in church, as part of the family, when it's your morning tea time, north, south, east, west, are you bringing something? Are you helping set up? Are you helping to do the dishes at the end? You know, we need your help. We're a family. My kids, some of them used to, when the dishes time was, they'd disappear off to the toilet. Anybody have that problem? It's the most popular time to go to the toilet. Dishes time. Well, some of you guys are doing that. And then just being repentance, turning around saying, God, I need your help. And the rest are obvious. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be topped up. I want to hear His voice. I want to move in the power of God. I want to see miracles happen. Don't come to church, though, to see me function. Don't come to see it from me. Bring it. Bring the power of God. Bring it. Tell me about the miracles that have been happening at the end of your hands. Tell me about the healings that have been happening. Tell me about the victories that are happening in your life every week. And together, we'll reach this community. Together, we'll see the power of God come. Next week, we're going to have communion. It's going to be a special time. But next week, we're going to have worship as well. So if you've worshipped during the week, you're going to be on fire come Sunday. Don't come to see these guys burn. Come and burn yourself. Amen? I come to believe that when Sandra asks for anybody who's got a problem, there's four people come out. You guys must be angels. You must be angels at home. I'd love to come and live at your places. No problems. Nothing. God can change that. And He wants to change it. And I can't believe that the whole church isn't out here at the altar.